Warning. This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. The Movie Virgins. I'm Leah Ross. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And this is Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is rewatching the film, and the other is seeing it for the first time. And this week, we watched a classic, an oldie but a goodie, 1993, the year of the Great Flood, and the year of The Fugitive. The Fugitive? The Fugitive. So- which... Leah said to me, not only has she not seen, but actively would turn the station if she ever saw that it had come on television, which uh, I don't, I don't understand, but okay. Just wasn't into it, you know? Like, uh, so stars Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, and a plethora of other wonderful actors. Oh, so many people I completely forgot about and then saw last night and got really excited. Like the guy who plays Selena's (laughs) ex-husband. I literally have three notes. And the very first note is... Andy! Veep's ex is a reporter. (laughs) And Uh. Jane Lynch? So weird. So weird. I know. It was great. She did that thing where she would like... Stop and take a breath. She'd like say something and she'd like, and then she'd t- it was just weird. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, it's hard to not know what this movie's about because it feels like it's just been in, like it's just been in my life, my mm-hmm. whole life. I've sure. just never bothered to watch it. Okay. Um, and I was telling you earlier that I know Harrison Ford as Indy and as uh, Han Solo, so I don't, I don't think I've, se- I-, I know I haven't seen a lot of other movies, like Air Force One, this movie, a lot of other yeah. action movies or thrillers that he's been in. I just only really know him as those guys. Which I'm really excited to hear because now I have so much fodder for the list. Of course. Um, for me, I have loved Harrison Ford for as long as I can remember. Of course. Who hasn't? I mean, for sure. Um, yeah, we-, we were talking about this a little bit earlier before we stopped ourselves from talking about it because we figured we're supposed to talk about it in the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... I, I, even though Harrison Ford is Han Solo and he is Indiana Jones, to me, he's always been so many more things because throughout my life, I've, I've just like devoured most of his stuff. So throughout the 80s and 90s when I was a kid, I watched, of course I watched Star Wars, of course I watched Indiana Jones, but I also watched The Fugitive. I also watched Regarding Henry. I also watched Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger and Air Force One and uh, uh, the one with the Amish kid, Witness. Oh, I have seen Witness. Um, okay, so there's at least one you've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I have always loved Harrison Ford. Um, this is kind of one of his most iconic movies, I guess. But it's also, I think, when I first really recognized Tommy Lee Jones, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I would have been 93, I was 10, 10, 11, something okay. like that. Um, so I don't entirely remember the first time with this. I would say it was a rental that my parents got that we all watched together. 
like so many movies of sure. that time frame. Yeah, that's how we watched movies back then. Exactly. And I do remember really enjoying it, but I, I think part of why I enjoyed it, because I was so young, of course, I, I don't know that I paid a ton of attention. I think one of the reasons I enjoyed it is because Harrison Ford, love mm-hmm. him, um, some good fun action, and mm-hmm. I remember my parents really liking it. So I think there's a part of me, too, that just kind of figured, yeah, this must be a good movie because they say it's a good movie. They're enjoying it. Um, And then I had seen it. You know, it's been on television. I remember it coming on, like, Channel 5 as, you know, a Sunday night movie at some point in the probably later 90s then because I was old enough to really remember it. I remember seeing it was coming on TV and got really excited about it and watched it on TV. So I've seen it a couple of times since then. I can't tell you the last time I watched it in its entirety, but it's probably been, this is 2022. It's probably been 15 or 20 years. That's Um, nuts. Maybe not. Like I might've snuck a viewing in since then. I feel like if you had cable, it was on. I'm sure it was on. I would say it's probably not one that I necessarily sought out to watch. Sure. That's um, what I was saying. It's and I don't think it's, you know what? I think we did own it. I think we owned it on VHS. So sure. I probably did see it a few more times throughout like my teenage years than I'm really remembering. It's weird that I haven't seen it, I guess, or that I, because this would have been. I know, thought it was crazy you said you haven't seen well, it. Well, and I'm wondering if maybe my mom just wasn't interested in Harrison Ford as an action star because we watched a lot of action movies and read a lot of stuff, but I don't, there's a reason why I haven't seen those movies. Maybe she just didn't like Harrison Ford. Maybe that's why there's a gap. So weird. I think one of the things that I love about Harrison Ford as an action star is the befuddlement that he always seems to have. He's not like a Tom Cruise who's like, I know everything, I know how I'm I'm, I'm handling my shit. Exactly. All of his characters are kind of, with the exception of, sure, you know, Han Solo is like, he's Han Solo. But even Indiana Jones... He's he's a fucking professor. Mm-hmm. He's a historian. He's not yeah. like a he's not like a fighter. He's not like you yeah. know. He's like how did, of, how did I get in this situation exactly. with the fucking the sakes and the rats and the yeah right. and, he's, and I'm just like pulling shit out of my ass. And you get the same thing. I feel you know the uh, the difference between I Alec Baldwin and what what where you don't you're, do it with the hands. You're doing this stuff with the I'm hands. I'm not I'm not hitting anything. <laughs> I'm not hitting anything. But Alec Baldwin was in. Um, he was Jack Ryan initially. What was that? Hunt for Red October? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was that, that was it? it? Yeah. Yep, that was it. And then it goes, yeah. And, yeah. and then it goes over to uh, Jack Ryan being Harrison Ford. And then eventually there was one with Ben Affleck. And then now there's the show on Amazon with... John Krasinski. John Krasinski, whom I love as well. But totally different character. If you watch Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, the character that Harrison Ford builds... He's not somebody who's ever, like, he's, he's strictly an analyst. He's a CIA analyst. He's okay. never been involved with any of this shit. When he fires a gun, he's like, oh, shit, I didn't know it was going to do that. It's that mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And you get that in The Fugitive, too, you know? He, he jumps off of a bus that's getting hit by a train, and he makes it look cool because Harrison Ford is cool, and yeah. he wants to do the stunts, and he likes being an action guy, but he still is also like a normal dude at Feels heart. real. He still, yeah, he still has that look on his face of like, I can't believe that just happened. Or what is going on? Or how do I handle this? How do I get out of this? He's not, he's not a typical action hero, yeah. which I adore. I think there's a place for the typical action hero. Like growing up, I loved a good Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Mm-hmm. But it's a very, those kinds of movies are very separate and unreal. 
it's like a slasher movie that I just can never actually get into and think that it's actually a realistic film. Sure. Those kinds of action movies are the same kind. And then there are things, action movies that Harrison Ford is in that are more in the lane of like, and I'm not saying it can really happen, but it could really happen. Like people feel real. And I yeah. feel like they feel real in this movie too. I agree with that. And then I read that a lot of the dialogue was kind of like made up along the way, improvised, Tommy yeah. Lee's rewriting some stuff. And that Harrison Ford tore a ligament at some point in the beginning of the movie and kept that limp throughout, and that's yeah. real. So that all kind of speaks to, yeah, the re- it did feel very real, and it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of big stuff in here. The helicopter chase is really cool. Mm-hmm. The final scene with the helicopter on top of the building is really cool, and, like, they're on, t- on the roof of the building is really cool. The train crashes, that, that was all mm-hmm. done in, in realistically. They didn't create, they bought a train, and they fucking wrecked it into a bus. That's really fucking cool. Um, like, that's a one-take deal, and it sounds like it did, took a lot of effort in editing. I thought the score was really very mm-hmm. 90s. The, everything about the the, the cr- opening credits and the score all felt super nice. Like, yeah. I was like, it's like I'm watching Speed again. Like, same sound, same look, um, but kind of cool. I, I appreciated it. And I, the premise... So I didn't, I don't know, and I still don't know a whole lot about the original television series, but it sounds like it was very popular in the 60s, the mm-hmm. Fugitive Television Series. So they've kind of, they've rebooted it as this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking this is an interesting story in that we have two people who are set against each other, Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. And Harrison Ford is this um, guy who's been falsely accused and convicted, and we need to talk about that, mm-hmm. of murdering his wife. Mm-hmm. So we know him to be innocent, right? So he's kind of our protagonist. But then you know, Tommy Lee Jones is just the guy who's doing his job. Mm-hmm. And so they're both people we like and want to follow, but they're pitted against each other. That is very interesting to watch. But the, the overarching thing that I was thinking about from the beginning of the movie to the end was this is just your basic white male fantasy. Either I'm Harrison Ford and I had a beautiful wife who wanted to fuck me and and then I got home and she's, oh shit, she's on her way out because she's been assaulted. Okay, just to be clear, <laughs> you think the typical white male fantasy is to have your beautiful fuckable wife die in your No, arms, but it's kind or... of like a, like I'm, 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 I'm a doctor and I'm wonderful and I'm great and I come home and I've got this beautiful wife and this perfect house and things have kind of fallen apart but, and now I'm on the run but I'm smart and I'm going to figure it out because I'm smart and then you've got the Tommy Lee Jones, super cool lawman, mm-hmm. always gets his guy, has a fun team. It just sure. felt like very basic white male fantasy shit which it was the 90s and I, it was a 90s action movie and like that's what it is i've never thought i don't think it personally i don't think it's at all a white male fantasy to think to yourself i want it all but if something were to happen oh i hope that i'd be strong enough to figure my shit out like i don't think that's a white male fantasy i think that's a human fantasy Maybe it's a it's, human thing to just think that you you could be the one with all of the People who are falsely convicted of murder, and they typically just die in prison. But with among all of them, whether you're a white male or a black male or a female mm-hmm. or none of the above, <laughs> I think everybody has it in their minds that, ooh, boy, but if I could just get out of here, I could prove it. I could prove my so innocence. So the, the setup, I don't know. So you see <clears throat> kind of in these flashbacks what happens with his wife, that she is attacked and he has to fight off this one-armed man. And mm-hmm. I actually was reading, a lot of people seem to be scared of the one-armed man when they watched this when they, they were kids. Were you scared of the one-armed man? No, I don't remember being scared of him. The only 
the only movie that I remember being scared of the killer in, other than like you know horror movies, and it's it. Like I was little, I was scared right. of it, scared and of I was it. scared of Freddy Krueger, and scared of aliens. And well, yeah, scared of aliens. Duh. Which, by the way, there are aliens in this movie. No, but my parents told me that there was. I guess my brother got a DNA test and there was like some amount of DNA in there that was unidentifiable and people were saying it was alien DNA and my parents told me that and my dad was like, does that scare you? And I was like, honestly, no, I'm scared of aliens abducting me and running tests on me. But if I were to have alien DNA in me, they probably wouldn't do that. I feel like they'd probably leave me alone. What this means is you're like, dad, what aliens have you been fucking? Well, maybe. I think it was probably further back. I think it was probably like great 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 grandparents who in our family was fucking aliens i I don't know how he would know this is interesting you have some unidentified dna and i think my sister took a dna test and it was like a hype like we are a small percentage of people who have a lot of neanderthal dna weird i don't know what that means i also did see in my dna that uh i am likely to not like cilantro which is absolutely true it's absolutely Uh, disgusting now it's verified even though we already knew. But they talked a little bit more about the genetics behind it and that it actually has more to do with a certain compound in cilantro and how I associate smell with taste. Fascinating. So everybody out in the world, they're always just like, oh my God, you're one of those people who thinks it tastes like soap. And I'm like, no, because I know what soap tastes like. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know why, but I know what soap tastes like. And I don't think cilantro tastes like soap. I think cilantro tastes disgusting. But why it is is because there's like a scent to it and it gets stuck in the back of my throat and it's mm-hmm. just the grossest like lingering yeah. scent taste and I hate it. Right. And, and that actually explained it. So it was kind of cool. Kinda, but that was your brother's DNA test. No, this one was mine. The The alien DNA was my brother's one. Okay. This was from, so I'm part of the Be A Match. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, so they were just giving you information. So they were just giving yourself. me information, yeah. So your brother having alien DNA is just maybe not a surprise. I guess not, but I mean, it's probably in me too, right? Wouldn't you think? I don't know. I don't know. It's all up in you. It's all up in you. And to bring it back to Harrison Ford too. He also is an alien. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the worst fucking Indiana Jones movie. And I heard something the other day about somebody, I think it was the writer or one of the writers or somebody who contributed to the script, but somebody was like, look, Spielberg, we can't have this be an alien. That's fucking dumb. And Spielberg was like, no. And George Lucas, too. They were like, we should have aliens. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I don't remember who the hell this guy was, but he's my new fucking hero for even saying it's dumb. Because guess what, Spielberg and Lucas? It's fucking dumb. And I'm out. I'm out. As much as I love Indiana Jones, that movie, I was... It was a huge disappointment to me. Oh, my gosh. So bad. What's your favorite indie, indie movie, then? Is it Last Crusade? It's Last Crusade. Personally, I'm all about uh temple of doom yeah i get it they're all great except for the last one but uh last crusade's my, my favorite why did i start talking about aliens i don't know Fuck. it doesn't oh matter. oh uh one-armed man oh yeah was i so scared, of, one-armed scared man? of the one no man. i was scared of aliens sure but the only <laughs> the only other villain i was scared of was the chuck norris movie with the guy who, right, who like couldn't, couldn't be, killed. be killed right that's the only kind of real thing other so, than you know yeah like the one-armed man is kind of a and i of course me i'm like is it the drummer from def leppard it's like the whole <laughs> yes, time clearly but it's not but yeah i'm like do you know the guy who played him is from st louis well was from st louis oh yeah st louis is the place where all fugitives like to say they're at um i don't know about all but i think if you're That's a fugitive in the chicago area typically i would say to say you're from, I'm in, st. in st louis um so let's go back to this so this crime happens Also, I'd like to say that the telephone that's in their bedroom, 
Why do they have that telephone in their bedroom? Why not? What's it's just a weird phone. It's got all the different speed dial buttons. It's not a sexy phone. He's a doctor. He's probably taking all kinds of calls in bed. He's, he's on call throughout the night. It's uh, a thing. It was weird. It makes sense. It was weird. Anyway. And he's got a car phone. Like, you'd just think he would have a nicer phone in Of course bedroom. he has a It was 1993. <laughs> it was a nice phone. It wasn't like a rotary phone. So, we don't... We see a little bit of the, the trial where they're... They play the call from his wife where she says, Richard, he's trying to kill me. So they think it was, she's saying, accusing him. Right. Even she, though she clearly says, someone is in the house. Which, yeah. why would you ever say right. someone when referring to your husband? So it seems to me like all of their evidence is circumstantial. It is. It's, it was no forced entry. Yeah. And she said his name on the fucking 911 call. But you know how it is. If a woman dies, the husband probably did it. So... Major staircase vibes. Yeah. Major staircase vibes. It's not just this. the staircase either. It's oh my god, all the datelines. <laughs> but yeah, the staircase comes to mind, the of course. Staircase. It's... I feel like there was something else maybe that stuck out to me about it, but and you still haven't watched the docu series, The Staircase, right? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. I watched the docu. You watched the docu. I didn't you watch seen the, the HBO, HBO uh, drama okay. series. I and the docu series was fine. It was fun. And interesting, very interesting. But yeah, it was just kind of that same thing. So, so they, and not only does he, he is convicted of first degree murder and the death death penalty. It was nuts. And so we don't even. In Illinois too. It was, that's what I was like, does Illinois have the death penalty? I don't think they do. Uh, at the time they did. Okay. It was just, the whole thing seemed really fucking wrong to me. Like the cops seemed kind of weird and off. Well, I think that. I think that just every, it's kind of like with the staircase, everything pointed to, I think he did it. I think it's easier in many of these instances to, yeah, you go in with a preconceived notion. The initial evidence does seem to point towards the husband because there's no forced entry. He's there. He's covered in her blood. Right. He doesn't have an explanation for what happened. He says somebody else did it, but they can't find this somebody right. else or any evidence of this somebody else. It's only his prints around, et cetera, et cetera. But he figured but it get out. To a like, point how come his, because they're his, not, they're not looking into it. I think that's okay. But are his lawyers so shit that they can't fucking figure this out? Like, why is... Maybe. He knew he had a fake arm. All the shit that he did throughout the movie, once he got... Once he became the fugitive, why couldn't his lawyers have been doing that the whole time? Because they'd have to hire a private investigator, and maybe they just didn't have a very good private well, investigator. I, mean, I don't know. he just made a fucking... Just fuck ton of money because his wife's dead. Which is another reason why they... That was the motive they had. I do the love that. Money. I love that scene when Tommy Lee goes... Uh, what was the motive? And the one cop goes, money? And he goes, he was a doctor. He was already rich. And he goes, well, he was going to get more rich. Like, the fuck? Just You're so, so stupid. Just so stupid. So, like, Tom and Tommy Lee, wonderful. And I know he won an Oscar. Yeah. Um, and I know this was nominated for a, a ton of other Oscars, even Best Picture. Mm-hmm. But he was phenomenal, as mm-hmm. always. But he's basically, like, playing the thing he's always being typecast as. Uh, well, oh, Because he's I good mean, at it. What did he say? There was the the part where Joey Pants, he goes, I just want to die and come back like you. And what did he say? Like, handsome and... Fuck, I don't remember. No, I can't remember. But yeah, it's the the, the way... The His way delivery he typically is incredible. Is. His del- well, we got us a groundhog or a gopher. Well, gopher. We, got us, we got ourselves a gopher. Um, the way he talks to his team, yeah. asking that kid to get him a donut. When they say, uh, nobody could have survived that fall, he's fish food. And he's like, yeah, well, then go give me the fish that ate him. <laughs> he's like, why is the water still going? Like, we're, right? And I'm like, such frustration. Our oh, tech, my God. Our when tech sellers at work. Shut it off. When he's in the helicopter and he's talking to the guy behind yes, him to get yes. a map up. And he goes, he just tells him right away, like, so-and-so, 
get up the map. And then before even allowing him to answer, mic check, mic check, hey, get the map. <laughs> Such impatience. I love it. He's wonderful. I think my... Also, this, the the one, and it's the most iconic line, right? When he says, I didn't kill my wife, and he says, I don't, I don't care, care. Which apparently he Tommy Lee Jones it. changed. Yeah. But it is so... Like, it has become an iconic line, mm-hmm. in part because of the way it was delivered and the, the scene surrounding it. But it is just so apt and so perfect. Mm-hmm. For this this that time, character. this, this yep. character who, yeah, I don't fucking care. I'm just doing my job. You're a fugitive. Yep. I'm going to put you yep. back in cuffs. Yep. I don't give a shit. Call your lawyer. Mm-hmm. Hire a PI. I don't care about not any my of job. That. My job is to apprehend you. Yeah, I think the other good thing about this is just a, a well done movie. It's mm-hmm. nicely written. There's not a, an exposition dump. It's you know you learn about the characters as you go. Mm-hmm. You immediately know who these people are. It's wonderful in that way. The um, characters and dialogue are amazing mm-hmm. too, and I think it's a testament to the director allowing them to do yes yeah, to do a, a, fair a lot of, that of improv stuff. and stuff. But I think my favorite part, like probably my favorite line, is when they apprehend the other guy who got away, and he shoots him. But he does it right next to Newman's ear. Yeah. And Newman's outside and he's like, I can't hear out of my ear. Like, he's being kind of a little yeah, bitch. Yeah. And he's the young guy, right? And uh, Tommy Lee, like, leans in and he's like, can you hear what I'm saying now? And I thought he was going to say, I don't miss. Mm. Because he's like, you could have missed. And he leans in and he's like, I don't bargain. Which, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a whiff. It would have been better if he said, I don't miss. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, I know it's better for the character, but for me, it would have been more fun if he said, I don't miss. Yeah, but that's such a bullshit thing. Like, he's a... But he doesn't miss. He 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 took a I calculated mean, risk, and it, it worked. It worked. That doesn't mean he doesn't he's ever miss. He's a fucking miss. pro, man. He's a fucking pro. He's a stubborn old man. That's why. <laughs> he doesn't bargain. He's not going to negotiate. He doesn't care. That's not, that's not proof that he wouldn't miss. So, yeah. So, it just... The whole, like, he ended up with the death penalty felt really, really, like, the setup, I feel like, felt a little clunky but i mean i guess the american justice system does do this to people all the time so maybe i think it happens all the time yeah uh maybe not as often to rich white men but which is why we are able to call out like the staircase right yeah as something that actually got publicity also just a nut nuts thing the staircase was just a crazy sure but the whole reason why the documentary crew first made it out there was really just because this is a well-known rich white man who you know let's see how the justice system treats him and then everything else that was batshit crazy came out while they were there and turned it into a real thing um but i do think it i do think there is a bias because it's the easy way out and it is sometimes true that if a murder occurs and it's a woman who's married yeah it's It's probably her husband or her boyfriend somebody close to her right And, and it often is that way but yeah i i think there are definitely times where it happened the Pam Hub case. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's thought a, it was the fu- here's the a woman who's yeah. dead. Uh, it's got to be the husband. Yep. Zero evidence. He's got a great alibi. Now we've just decided it's him. And that's yeah. literally what happened. They decided it was him, mm-hmm. and therefore they're going to try to fit all of these pieces right. together right. And, and force this story upon people. Um, but I think the main reason for this movie that it's kind of glossed over is because it's not that part's not important. Right. You just have to take for granted that he everybody thought he was guilty and he was convicted and right. now he has to prove his innocence and right. that's the story is about him as a fugitive of right. course sure which i do think they did a good job of making that clear by also keeping all of that in essentially the opening credits mm-hmm. like it's a long opening credit scene but playing it that way makes it really just abundantly clear that this is just the backstory mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I. It was interesting to watch him and fun, of course, to watch, especially when he gets into that first hospital and he shaves and mm-hmm. then he, you know, gets something to eat and he's sneaking out and somebody, like anytime somebody stops him, there's a lot of tension and a lot of buildup mm-hmm. in all of that. And I think the movie does a good job and the way that it's all cut together, especially the very end, you've got three people in this laundry area, of the floor of the hospital, mm-hmm. and they're all converging upon each other. And it's like, how's that going to all go down? And it's just really interesting. I think part of that is coming back to Harrison Ford, too. The, uh, he does a good job. Every time he runs across a cop or something, he's convinced he's mm-hmm. going to get made, too. Yep. He doesn't have the swagger that you might find in a typical action star. I mean, the way that it could have been played by someone else or maybe the direction could have gone a different mm-hmm. way would have made it feel just very unreal and, like, action movie-ish. Do you remember the first time watching it being surprised that his quote-unquote friend, Charles, ended up being on the other end of all of this? Yes. Because I wasn't really surprised by that. It, I, well, I remember Because I, I didn't was... understand why the friend Charles kept coming up, and I didn't, I di- suspected everyone. Like, I was like, everybody's suspect, I don't know who. I, the first time I saw it was, you know, you a, a 10, 11-year-old, yeah. yeah. Um, so, no, I wasn't. I mean, I knew that you had to suspect people because it's a mystery and right. somebody did it. But I I don't remember if I didn't suspect him at all, but I remember – so I don't remember necessarily being shocked that it was him, but I remember being, like, upset that it was him. You know, like, like oh, my God, his, his friend. friend. He yeah. gave him money and everything. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird that Charles told the police or told Tommy Lee that he had talked to him that mm-hmm. morning, but he knew he was not – they weren't going to find him just from that, so – um, I guess he was trying to seem like he was a good guy. I love that he told him, because I think it was when they came to talk to him for maybe the second time. And he's like, he's smart. He's really smart. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a hard time tracking him down. It ma- Everything that happens in this movie was reminded me of either Indiana Jones or uh, like Han Solo shit. Mm. So like after Harrison Ford crawls out of that really cold river when he jumps off the dam Mm -hmm. and he's like i was like i haven't seen him this fucked up since he had hibernation sickness like shit like that (sighs) that was rough it was really rough um (laughs) but when he says he's a smart guy and he's gonna figure it out i immediately thought of like the line that india gives when marcus brody um is trying to go find it's in it's in the last crusade and they're like oh we'll find him the nazis are like we'll find him no problem and indy says the hell you will. He's got a two-day head start on you, which is more than he needs. Brody's got friends in every town and village from here to the Sudan. He speaks a dozen languages, knows every local custom. He'll blend in, disappear. You'll never see him again. With any luck, he's got the grail already. Cut to Marcus in the midst of this crowd of people like, hello, does anyone speak English? (laughs) So when they were just like, he's a really smart guy, I was thinking. But anything that happened, I was like, I just kept thinking of, like, Indy or, like, Han. Yeah. It, it's very hard for me to get out of that. When he had the beard, it was a little different. Mm-hmm. Because in those other characters, he doesn't wear that beard. But I really liked it when he shaved it off. And he actually looked good with darker hair, I thought, when he dyed it. Yeah. Uh, speaking from experience, though, you put black hair dye on, your entire <laughs> skin, like, your your face, everywhere that dye touches is black. <laughs> So, I don't know how he got all of that off of him. He had to, like, when you see him with that black hair, it's got to be a week later after all of that skin has fallen off. Well, and then the other part is when he, like, so he's got this black hair, but when he switches over from being the, when he's 
uh, kind of hiding in plain sight as the, the janitor. Then the next time, like, when they realize that he's, and they find the place where he's staying mm-hmm. and living as this janitor, the next time you see him, he's wearing jeans and, like, a tweed jacket, and his hair is back to the color like that it brownish. was. Yeah. It was very strange, and, yeah. like, I didn't understand how that just all of a sudden happened. Because here's the other thing about black hair dye, too. It, it does up, not. It goes away pretty it, quick? No, it does not fade. Oh. <laughs> it does so, not yeah, fade. So Every other color you put in your hair is going to fade black. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I think that but, was just weird as yeah. they were shooting it and they figured nobody would notice. I, know. I immediately noticed because that was that was the scene where he first broke into uh, Sykes' house. Yeah. The one-armed man's house. Um, so it felt like the beginning of the movie and then the back half was he had his hair back to normal again. I do love Harrison Ford in a fist fight. I mean, he throws some amazing punches. I loved when he was in the final fight with Charles, and a couple of times he lines him up so he can get he lines him up, and then he like smacks him really hard with his fist. That was pretty great. You didn't what? No, no, it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm just I'm writing Patriot games down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because he gets in a lot of fist fights, I guess. Um, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, but no. Uh, because I love it. <laughs> you haven't seen it, and I was just sitting here thinking that to myself as you were talking. Um, I mean, there's other, like, when the train is bearing down on him and he's running away, it was like when Indy is running away from that giant rock trap. Yeah. It just all felt like kind of the same. Even, like, the, the train crash, I was like, this is just Con Air. It, Con Air was made I well Con Air was after, so Con Air is just the fugitive. Con Air is, like... The cheap ass version of the fugitive. Look, I'm sorry, but Con Air is a crap movie. It is. It's, it's a crap movie. This is a good movie. It's a good movie. Okay, okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. So there's another part of the movie where he's kind of walking just on a road at night and some random lady just picks him up. Yeah, right? What random lady picks some random she dude up? She a little. Uh... She did seem a little cheap, like a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe. Yeah. Because I was thinking that when she first pulled up, like the fuck is she doing and And then then you see her and i'm like i don't know maybe i'd buy it with her and like then he's just wandering around hospitals nobody's asking him who he is the only person who's suspicious at all is julianne moore now this was also it was 93 it was before everybody was it was before oklahoma city yeah before columbine so yeah before 9-11 far less security yeah maybe yeah i read that and i do think like you know of all the places where you are not at all focused on the people around you in the hospital. hospital. Whether yeah. you're working or you're there because you're hurt or you're there because someone you love is sick or, you know, I'm not thinking about, like, that guy looks suspicious. I would just be thinking there are a ton of different people here and I'm not focused on any of them anyway. I read that they had originally had it that Jane Lynch was going to be some kind of a love interest for him, but then they decided not to do it because yeah. it would be gross and... It is, but the, the real, like, I don't know. I don't think, he, he has too much other shit on his mind. There should not be, I, I imagine that was probably a studio thing. A studio thing saying, like, we well, need, we need to have some kind of, kind of love interest. Right. The man's wife died. Right. He's trying to prove himself innocent of that, which first of all means he shouldn't be going around fucking anybody regardless. And mm. second of all, let's just go ahead and pretend like he actually loved his wife. Let's pretend. Let's just pretend. Like, leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> he doesn't need to be going around getting pussy right now. This is, now is not the time stupid there were some parts that were i i liked the helicopter chase in kind of when they were in when they land on the highway and then he goes into the sewer 
I also really liked um, him running out of the courthouse and getting his foot Oh, stuck. that's great, right? That's a great yeah. scene. Yeah. It was kind of almost like when he, as Indiana Jones, like reaches under the stone walls, it's coming down to grab his hat. I mean, not really. <laughs> that's what it reminded me of. Doing, I, I, get, I understand. Yeah. But along with the hair thing, the hair color thing, also when he's, in, the parade scene was really great too. Yeah. Um, and it sounded like they improvised a lot of that and like yeah. they got permission to film during the St. Patrick's Day Parade. It was really cool. And Chicago, you definitely feel the city like yeah. in this film. I did love great. the line too, you know, they can dye the river green. <laughs> but they one can't dye it a regular color the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but when he's he's in the parade and he's in that group of people, he takes his jacket off and mm-hmm. then the jacket's just gone. Yeah, which I assume he dropped it. It's just funny to me that nobody would have would have like noticed been, hey man that. you dropped yeah, your jacket right and, <laughs> and the, the other uh, thing is it's Chicago it's fucking freezing so right. my thought was I right away would have taken that coat off but then I probably would have wrapped like, it up and like yeah, held on to yeah, it yeah just <laughs> that and like the other thing that I just thought was so goofy when he goes to the American Association of Cardiologists convention or whatever mm. and Charles is speaking about whatever this, this drug, drug is yeah. and. He's standing in the back, and he's got his arms crossed, and Charles sees him, mm-hmm. and he goes something about, we want to be dishonest. Excuse me, I, I mean, mean honest. honest. Like, come on. It was, I thought it was kind of funny, Like, though. that guy, I don't know, maybe it was just, like, a bad line reading. It just was kind of, mm. yeah, I just thought it was kind and of funny. And that guy was Cinderella's dad in Ever After. Cool. Anyway. He does have a heart attack very early on. Did you Spoiler. see Lester Holt at the end? I did. I it did. was funny. Like I, I read the trivia before we got to him, so I was already looking out for him. And then when I saw him, I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I don't recognize him at all." But then he spoke, and I and immediately, immediately recognized his voice. Um, and then I guess the other thing is that big pharma's the culprit. Big pharma. It's big pharma. It's fucking worst. They are the worst. Like, and I just we've been talking about it i just watched dope sick yeah and then here big farm is the corporate again the the culprit again yeah and honestly this happened well 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 mm-hmm. well before the introduction of oxycon yep how they could not learn their lesson to not be dishonest pricks from this movie alone that tells me that some people were not partaking of quality cinema right well and on my blame i'm blaming big, i'm blaming all. big pharma but really it seems that charles was the bad guy here because he was falsifying all the data oh he was getting that from he the was top. killing people but it was coming he ended from the up on the down. board it's the same thing that they would tell you now well oh it's just a couple of bad apples or oh we may have given incentives but we would never say mm. it's okay to actually hurt anybody no we would never that was that doctor way down there down below who did that even though we incentivized him to do it and gave him the idea and everything. So it's a very, I guess it was kind of a complicated, I wouldn't say convoluted, but a little bit complicated to, for him to figure out who the one-armed man was working for. So I'm going to be honest with you right now. Yeah. I did not remember watching it last night. I, I remembered the one-armed man, and I remembered his friend was involved, and I remembered that it was supposed to be, like, he was the target. And I could not tell you why at all. I didn't mm. remember anything about the, the pharmaceutical company. Any of that. Gotcha. Um, and sure, I can say when I first watched it, I was a kid. So I probably mm-hmm. didn't retain it then. But like I said, I've seen it a few times since then. And still, the <laughs> actual reason why his wife was why killed. Why he was on the run. Never yeah. <laughs> stuck what, with why me. why she was killed. Yeah. Cela Ward, R.I.P. I fucking love Cela Ward. I love her so much. She was great in her little bit that she was in it. She I was remember great. getting really excited when I saw her in this too, and yeah. then she was just murdered. Yeah, but you know, I love you. I think the be- I think the best thing about this movie is 
Tommy Lee. The score and then Tommy Lee Jones and his team. Like, he's just so great. He referred to his leap off the dam as a Peter Pan. <laughs> like, who wrote those lines? The, it's incredible. The, my favorite line is when they're at the uh, the jail and the one guy goes, I don't know, it's kind of hinky. Oh, and he's complaining <laughs> he's about like, the word hinky? Yeah, he's like, hinky, what is that? He goes, I don't, I don't want you guys using words around me that don't mean anything. <laughs> it's a perfectly fine word. It is. Look, I am so sick and fucking tired of people just shortening words and making new words up when you don't have to do it you don't have to do it there are perfectly good vernacular perfectly good words available to you already you don't need to make shit up don't need to make new stuff i'm tired of it i agree i I don't want you guys using words around me that don't mean anything (laughs) you and tommy you and tommy lee there was a point at which harrison ford said he referred to somebody as pal and i feel like that's a thing that he says in a lot of his movies he does say pal he likes to say the word pal it's a a a ford thing well, I don't know about all the other movies, but I was reading about Joy Pants, um, which, by the way... Can you say... Can you tell me what you think? Because this is what, what I... Personally. Personally. Oh, okay. What is the most unbelievable thing in this movie? That he has hair? That Joey Pants has hair. <laughs> that is always... And in that last scene, and I think he's wearing green cords. Oh, really? <laughs> So 90s. Because I had a green corduroy skirt of that exact same color in mm. the 90s. I wore it to a sixth grade dance. Or maybe, maybe they were just shorts. Oh my god, was this the dance where you were like on fire? Yes, it was the dance where I was on fire and it was green corduroy shorts with hose and some fun shoes and like probably like a silk shirt. Somebody said something. They didn't say they were on fire. You know what? I think it was Boobitch. I think it was probably in Boobitch. And the first few episodes of it are great. And then... It kind of devolves from there. But the, her reaction to, like, there's there's these two girls and they're mm-hmm. seniors in high school and they've never actually really dated anybody or really, like, they're not super popular, sure. but they decide they want to do something so they're going to go to this party. And their reactions to just being, like, with boys and stuff, it was when she almost kissed the guy, mm-hmm. but then she couldn't kiss the guy. And all I could think was, I don't remember if she said something about like feeling tingly or being on fire or something, but all I could think about was you talking about being at that dance and feeling like you were like your skin was on fire. That shit is my drug. Like I fucking chase that shit. I want it. It feels <laughs> so good. And it's so fleeting. God damn. Anyway. Joey Pants. I so I guess he reprises this role in US Marshals. Yes. Is Tommy Lee also in US Marshals? Yes. Okay, so I really want to watch that movie now. Okay. It's not that great, but okay. okay. Well, then we don't have to put it on the list. I'll just try to find it and yeah, watch it. Yeah, just watch it. Because now I just want to see... I honestly don't remember anything about it other than it was a little bit of a letdown oh, from The Fugitive, of course. Okay. Um, I just... But I don't remember it being bad. I just don't remember it being oh, good. Tommy Lee looks so good in this movie. That's a weird thing to say. What do you think he smells like? At one point I was like... Is what? He, are you, is he gonna That is off? a weirder thing to say. And he doesn't even take off his clothes. Like, what do you mean? Like, what does he even take off his shirt? Look. Listen. What must he look like under those clothes? Listen. Listen, 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 listen. I love Tommy Lee. Love him. I love him. Love him. I love him. Not attracted to him? He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He is smart. He is funny. I love him. (laughs) I want to hang out with him. Yeah. I don't find him attractive at all. I do. I don't. Especially in this movie. Because, like, usually I see him and he's like. Maybe a little bit in Men in Black. Because in Men in Black, he's like. You know know what's great about, though? Did you see the one. I think it was the third one. The third one when they go back in time and Josh Brolin plays the young him. 
it's so good. Like, I don't even remember if the movie itself is good, but Josh Brolin as, as young, young Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones, it's he's perfect. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Josh Brolin, fucking love. Yeah, right. So if I if I associate him with, with Tommy that. Lee, I got it then. But otherwise, no, like, he's great, but he's a funny looking dude. And he's rocking the unibrow and the fugitive. <laughs> I, and how old must he have been when, they, when this movie came out? I don't out? know, 40? I think he's I, a little bit younger than Harrison Ford. I want to guess that he was, man, 40? Really? I mean, okay, so this was 1993. Harrison Ford was born in 42. And Tommy so, Lee was born in 46. Oh, my God. He's that much younger than Harrison Ford? F- four years, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> that if much Harrison younger? Ford was born in 42, 52, 42, 72, 80. 82, 82, 90, 52, 62, 72, 82, 92. He was 49 when they made this movie. That sounds right. He did not He's look 40 years old now. He did not look 49. He maybe mid-40s. Okay, yeah. which means that Tommy Lee Jones was in his mid-40s. Yeah, there you go. Which I would say is about what he looked. I guess. That's... I feel like, actually, I noticed, I picked up on that in the beginning of this movie, too everybody in this movie, and I'm not saying that nobody in this movie is beautiful, because I think Harrison Ford is beautiful, and I think Julianne Moore is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think Celia Ward is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. But for the most part, even those beautiful people are still normal-looking people. Everybody in this movie, and it is something That's that a, I... Oh, good point. I really miss about movies. Well, having, I really miss about Hollywood, having just movies, having people yeah, look normal. exactly. Having movies where there are a wide variety, and... Okay, I'm not talking about inclusion race-wise because that was was a problem in the 90s. I get that. But just in terms of having people who look different and are different and Mm -hmm. aren't just all perfect looking. Like Ben Affleck had veneers attached to his mouth and then, you know, did all this other shit to himself. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, Hollywood stars now don't look like real people. They look better than real they look like what you see on a magazine cover. right exactly and you know julianne moore even in this movie her she's her jaw is really sharp her teeth aren't perfect her like, teeth aren't perfect no but she's still a beautiful woman even but that's this. what i'm saying she's just a real but human yeah being. even yes. even Cela ward look if i had been walking down the street and i saw Cela ward i'd probably look twice mm-hmm. because she's just she's, gorgeous yeah. but i don't look at her like i would scarlett johansson scarlett yeah. johansson is she she's doesn't un- even seem real she's unbelievable yes, yes. Celia Ward is a beautiful woman, but everybody nowadays, it just feels like they're not even real people. Yeah. You know what I have to tell? Some of it is the media that's out there now. Like, everybody looks better than they actually are. Um, when You know what I think of when I see somebody like that? Like, in a picture or in a movie, I go, I bet they got, like, fucking HPV warts, and I bet, I bet they got really bad breath. Like, shit like that. I have to tell myself, like, they're just humans. Like, they don't. Like it ha- is hard to do that, though. Yeah, and I, but I have to do that. I don't like that. <laughs> it, makes me, it makes me really bitter, honestly. Like it, it's helpful to know that Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell, just their whole family just has terrible gas. Oh, and dude, this is the whole family. The place I didn't realize the whole family. Time. They talked about it the other day, yeah. about wow. the bad gas. It They're always just like ripping farts. All right, so Joey, Joe, how do you say his name? Pan- Joe Pantoliano. Okay, Pantaleano. Pantaleano. But that's what we call him, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. So, the first movie I could think of that I saw him in would be Goonies. I actually rewatched Goonies the other day. I love him in that. I feel like I rewatched it not too long ago, probably sometime over the pandemic. Yeah. So, he, that's what I think of when I think of him. Also, that's Memento. Um, but I don't, I know I've seen him in other stuff, but those are the two that really stick out for me. Huh. I mean, The Fugitive. 
stands out for me, but also because he really stands out in it because <laughs> of that fucking hair. Um, I feel like he's one I just know from places. He's like, just, I he's don't know been that I in even, everything. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't know that I even uh, associate him with, like, a given. So, who do you think is better in the sack? Tommy Lee Jones or Harrison Ford? Well, And I mean, like, let's take him out from this time. Not now. Uh, I think, I think Harrison Ford's, I don't, I don't know, I, I, again, I don't find Tommy Lee Jones attractive. I think Harrison Ford's a little bit of a fuckboy, which means he's probably better in the sack. He, I think, does have a little bit of that reputation. Yeah. He's, he's, he's definitely has, a little bit over of the years, boy. had that reputation. And Tommy seems like a nice guy. I mean, Tommy seems like, and I don't know him in, in I don't know any of these people in real life right yeah but if you <laughs> but, had to take a stab but i know him i like i don't even necessarily know a ton of Seems like a really about him i don't chill you know. like humble like low-key dude yeah, yeah yeah but most of his characters are kind of like crotchety old men mm-hmm. even when they're not necessarily yeah. old they're that kind of person and um that's relatable for you that's really relatable for <laughs> me i don't want to fuck me though <laughs> So, well, that's really sad. You should want to fuck you. Well, no. Like, Why wouldn't I, you want to fuck you? You're very fuckable. I don't know. That's a lot of, like, crotchety old man <laughs> in one. In, I don't know. In I, one bedroom. I need, I need some something to balance me out a little, right? So. We'd it, never get anywhere. We would just be annoyed. If they remade this movie now, like, there are definitely some things that don't hold up. Um, but I think it, I think it. If they, you remember that it's from the 90s, like that it's set mm-hmm. in the 90s, I think it holds up really well. I, I actually was thinking that, like, when I turned the movie off, off last night, I turned to Ellie and said, that was actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I do think it holds up great as long as you remember that it's placed in the 90s. Right. Um, because, yeah, we're at a payphone instead of right. using cell phones. You know, all the technology, obviously, is very different. It definitely feels more, like, I want to say gritty, I guess, than maybe an action movie you might see nowadays. It feels very kind of like fancy and like yeah cgi there's like one explosion a big deal and yeah right yeah. um which i i really like i appreciate that too yeah even you know the marvel movies huge fan of the marvel movies when we get into the really big long fight scenes with all the special effects mm-hmm. i zone out i don't yeah. give a shit about that i love them for the character development mm-hmm. and the story and and everything else that's in there i don't need like i love the fast and the furious if you watch the first fast and furious the action scenes are racing scenes, mm-hmm. but it's not a ton of explosions and shootouts and stuff. I mean, there's some stuff in there, and but it's they, not like it was later in the other movies, which I think are all crap. Don't they end up in space? Do they? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, like the newest I the one, they end one up I've in seen space. is Fast Five. So, but I feel like maybe they ended up in space. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like there. they might have ended up in space. Uh, maybe. Um, spoilers for the Fast and Furious I series. I don't know. Um, Nothing's fast in space, though, unless you have warp speed, which yeah. nobody does. We don't have, we don't have the technology. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to teleportation. We're not gonna develop warp speed until we first develop teleportation, we and to- I don't understand how we haven't cracked teleportation yet. But I think we would get to like traveling at light speed first, and we would just have people in these chambers, these like that would keep you, you know, alien in some kind of stasis. Yeah, I don't know. Look, we haven't quite cracked that yet either. There are a lot of people with frozen heads. Who are let's be real? They're never coming back. <laughs> you know, I hope that whatever freezer they're in doesn't have an electrical problem and shut off because that's Oh no, there are thawed heads all over the place right now. Oh there just are just because of the heat wave. Yeah. yeah. Electrical issues happen and 
People panic, but don't Look, worry. They- all I'm saying is if I get my head chopped off and frozen, I'm not storing it in Texas. Um, Where do you think those storage banks are? Silicon Valley? I don't know. I would think like in some kind of medical like storage New facility. York. Well, no, obviously that. Like it's not like there's a, just a like U-Haul facility rows and or rows and rows of like embryos and sperm, and then like a frozen head or two tossed in. I don't think. I think the cryogenics are probably <laughs> kept separate. I'm just not really sure where the big cryogenic how firms do you, are. How located. do you handle like uh you know freezer burn in a situation like that? Like that's just what I'm picturing. Oh, it's Saran wrap. Oh, okay. So it's like completely covered in saran yeah. So they'll like as soon as you die, they saran wrap your head, <laughs> and then make wrap it really clean cuts, and then <laughs> just plop you in like a sort of formaldehyde like solution, and then freeze, and oh. and then you're good for the next few hundred years until somebody can figure out how to defrost your. Here's the thing: when we get into the future to a point where we are able to actually re you know defrost these people and right. i don't know attach them to another human which isn't ever going to happen we would really just probably download their consciousness mm-hmm. and put them inside of a computer or something but by the time we have the ability to do that which watch nobody if you haven't nobody's gonna want to do that nobody's gonna give a shit about these frozen heads that have been around since the 90s nobody's gonna get they're just gonna be like why we're gonna ha- we're not gonna care about walt disney at that point what nah his family might. those people have more money than god Dude, like it's like nah uh, well, yeah, I guess maybe. But if they're still around, they'll want to unfreeze them. I don't know if they'll still be around. Or maybe they won't because they'll be like, I don't want them getting any of my money. Right? That's probably why I would keep them frozen. Somebody's going to unplug that freezer and just be like, <laughs> oh, whoopsie. Oh, I thought that. Kick the cord. My bad. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops. Um, so I, I guess this is a movie that you would recommend to people now? It's a movie that I had operated under the assumption for many a year that everyone has seen. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that I've ever felt the need to recommend it because I just... Because it is a very popular movie. Yeah. Um, and I think I have just kind of been under the assumption that everybody's seen it, which of course is not true. I know that. But ask around the office. Ask the young kids. I promise you. Oh my you God. If haven't. I ask the young kids, like, come on. There are people in our office who haven't seen The Princess Bride. I know. People who are over 30 who yeah. haven't seen The Princess Bride. hurts my soul. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would say anybody who has not seen The Fugitive ought to watch The Fugitive because it is a classic. It holds up excellently well. It's a great fun story. It's, I mean, I never watched the TV show, but it was a very popular TV show for several years, I believe. Um, and it's based, loosely at least, based on a real case, which mm-hmm. is also fascinating. Um, yeah, I was going to bring that up. So Dr. Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard, yeah. Who And he was represented by F. Lee Bailey, but still. Who, I guess, well, what was the story I read? So his wife's name was Marilyn Reese Shepard. Yeah, and, and he was, had the bushy-haired man as opposed to the one-armed right, man. Right, it was Saturday, was July 3rd, 1954. Oh, you're reading it now? Entertaining neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to Wikipedia. Oh, listen to this. Their lakefront home was demolished in 1993. That's kind of interesting. Dun-dun-dun. Um... Connections, connections. So while they were watching a movie, he fell asleep in the day bed in the living room. She walked the neighbors out. In the early morning hours of July 4th, she was bludgeoned to death in her bed with an unknown instrument. The bedroom was covered with blood spatter and drops of blood were found on the floors throughout the house. Some items from the house, including his wristwatch, keychain, and key and fraternity ring appeared to have been stolen. They were later found in a canvas bag in shrubbery behind the house. According to Shepard, he was sleeping soundly on the day, but when he heard the cries from his wife, he ran upstairs where he saw a white biped form in the bedroom, and then he was knocked unconscious. When he awoke, he saw the person downstairs, chased the intruder out of the house down to the beach where they tussled, and he was knocked unconscious again. 
Um, but yeah, he, it sounds like he went to prison, mm-hmm. served many years, and then there was a retrial and he was cleared, I guess. I don't remember all of the details of how and why. I remember Effie Bailey, uh, one of the greatest lawyers ever, <laughs> represented him. And then he went on to become a professional wrestler. Yeah. Well, Which, he had his, he eventually at some point he had his medical license taken from him. Right. He was billed as Killer Sam Shepard. Yeah. And I don't know that there is proof one way or the other uh, of his innocence or guilt. And it's but, but he became, it became sort of an iconic case. During his career as a professional wrestler, wrestler, he used his anatomical knowledge to develop a new submission hold, the Mandible Claw. And it was popularized <laughs> by professional wrestler Mankind in 1996. Well, it sounds like he just would grab onto somebody's jaw. <laughs> is but that he, not what it is? Maybe. He did end up practicing medicine again, it sounds like. Um, he was granted surgical privileges at the Youngstown Osteopathic Hospital. He was a DO originally. Um... It says, but his skills as a surgeon had deteriorated, and much of the time he was impaired by alcohol. Hmm. Bummer. Oh, no. It says five days after he was granted privileges, he performed a disectomy on a woman and accidentally cut an artery. The patient died the next day. Fuck's sake. And on August 6th, he nicked the right iliac artery on a 29-year-old patient who bled to death internally. Oh, my gosh. Resigned a few months later after wrongful death suits have been filed by the patient's families. That's how he lost his license, that I imagine. And then six months before his death, he married a woman named Colleen Strickland. Um, It says, toward the end of his life, he was reportedly drinking as much as two-fifths of liquor a day. Um, and he was found dead in his home on April 6, 1970. Um, early reports of liver failure, but it says the cause of death was the Warnicke encephalopathy. Oh, um, that's so, interesting. Yeah, they did a DNA test, I guess, as part of a lawsuit brought by his son to clear his father's name, and that absolved him of the murder. Oh, okay. Um, wow. So he, at the time of his death, was still suspected of killing his wife. Mm-hmm. So I would have been drinking that much as well. Uh, he sure. was in prison for a long time. I mean, he sounds like he's had a wild fucking ride. Yeah. Also, uh, maybe it's just me. I would feel a tremendous amount of guilt if my wife were murdered whilst I slept peacefully on the daybed. <laughs> so I think that can fuck with you too, right? And like, I guess not their only kid am was I was in the house asleep too. Yeah, like, like seven year old. There's the a house. lot of shit there that's uh. So it's interesting to me that, but it seems, it's so I guess when I say white male fantasy, to bring it back to my original thought, it's this, it is a thing that happens. People become wrongfully accused. And you talked about like, yeah, a lot of times we go to the husband when the Mm -hmm. wife is murdered. We've seen it again and again and again and again. Um, The thing that, again, the thing that's really interesting to me about this movie is that we have two people who are pitted against each other who are just trying to do their best. Neither of them are bad. Mm and then somehow they come together in the end, which is kind of cool. Um, I think that's the fantastical part of it, right, really. Right, like, that, that, like, Tommy Lee's like, he's like, I thought you didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, and Tommy Lee might have gotten anybody. to the point where he cared, too, but yeah. I don't think anybody would have ended up arresting the one-armed man. I think the cops would be like, oh, no, uh, Dr. Uh, Fox's face was convicted, and, uh, yeah, no, we're not revisiting anything, because that's what they do. Yeah. Because I don't want, as the DA... I don't want my record affected. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to admit that I made a mistake. So unless a new DA comes in office and decides that they have the ability to actually look in, or they want to actually look into this case. So I think he probably still would have gone back to prison and eventually been executed. I didn't like those detectives. Like the guy with the glasses and the mustache. 
What was his problem? He was a Chicago detective. What do you mean what's his problem? Oh, he just sucked. When they, like, were at the convention center, like, at the Chicago Hilton, not the convention center, but the Chicago Hilton, and, like, Tommy Lee's trying to get inside, and the guy's like, this is our situation now. Like, he killed a cop. And Tommy Lee's like, arrest us. And then just, like, walks on past him. Yeah, those guys sucked. I love in the beginning when he uh, makes it to the, the crash site. and Oh, when he tells that guy off? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. She's and especially when they come up guy. with the shackles and the guards there, and he's like, oh, look. Oh, look at these. There's some shackles here. <laughs> so weird that they're empty. No like, legs attached. It's <laughs> strange. <laughs> Typically, if we see this, we have to assume that somebody's escaped. But that's that was the moment where I was like, oh, he smells blood. He's like, do you want to revise your statement? Mm-hmm. Because uh, maybe it wasn't the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy sucked. Like, yeah. when they're in the train, or they're on the bus, and the train's coming, and Harrison's like, help me, help with, me him. with him. And he's like gone screw you guys i'm out of here yeah that was really rough yeah and then that guy who he saved which he was he i don't think he was unconscious at the time maybe he was identifies him because he's at the hospital leaving and they're bringing him inside yeah, and but we don't him. know what he said he might not have been like he's a terrible person and come he and get him like, he might have been like, him. Yeah, yeah he might have just been like uh I think I saw. <laughs> but do we typically do manhunts like this? Like, it, like, do we just typically, like, throw all these resources, like, we're shutting the water off at the dam and, like, dredging the river and shit? Like, is that pretty typical that we would do a kind of, those kinds of manhunts nowadays? I mean, I know manhunts occur. Typically, I, I, I feel like the manhunts, they aren't happening because people have escaped. It's because, like, we have a mass shooter on the loose. Well, there is that. That's what I feel like I mean, the last, like, huge fucking, I mean, there are a lot of manhunts, but, like, mm-hmm. the biggest manhunt that I can recall in my lifetime was the um, Boston Marathon bombers. And they yes. did shut f- fucking everything down. I remember like, reading the about that, entirety like where they finally found Boston him. Boston is and, yeah. shut down. Yeah. And I don't, I, to this day, I, like, I don't know how they managed to do I that know. even. What, I can't imagine being on the run like that. Like, pretty intense. Yeah, like how do you, I guess you just have to steal and figure shit out like i mean he somehow like this guy somehow got some money from a friend that is the fantasy i think the fantasy again i think this is a bit of a human fantasy not like a i don't know why you're into the white male fantasy but i think it's a human fantasy that i can outsmart all of you Mm. well i would be able to get away with this i would be able to hide i would be able to figure all of this out i think that's the the fantasy that's kind of fun when you watch a movie like this to actually see oh my god he did manage to get past those cops and oh he did manage to get in here and get all this stuff done because yeah. i want and to identify the, with the, that i want to also be able to actually outsmart people solve and, the mystery of his and wife solve the stuff. mystery yeah so did am i to believe then that the charles guy also oh, keep saying am i to believe <laughs> that charles also had that other doctor killed in that car accident i mean that's kind highly of what's, suspicious wouldn't you right? say highly suspect yeah, he was a real bad dude. Not cool. Didn't really follow the whole first do no harm mentality. I I didn't I like so you know this drug is causing problems, but you're gonna push it through anyway. What he must have just been getting a cut. You get paid off. Yeah. You get paid off. Well he was get on the board. He was off. on the board, but Right, so you're definitely making a cut then. And that is something that pharmaceutical reps will do all the time. You wanna come and speak on behalf of us, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. You want to come and be a keynote speaker at this thing? You want to, you know, do that? I mean, perks abound. What? It's a big fuck? fucking problem. It's a real problem. You and know, that has been a problem for a long time. It's just the 
opioid epidemic i think has brought it to light for the majority of people now like mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are seeing it in a way they didn't right. see it before and understanding it better but it's always happened you go yeah. into the doctor's office and say that you're having trouble sleeping and they'll pull an antidepressant off the shelf that a they pharmaceutical rep exactly that a pharmaceutical yep. rep tried to sell them last week even mm-hmm. though it's a family doctor they're not a psychiatrist right. they have no right or reason to be prescribing this anyway yeah, everything I know about Big Pharma I learned from that movie Love and Other Drugs with <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. That was actually not a bad movie. Like It's I, actually a terrible movie. It's really not. It's terrible. It's not. Maybe, I mean, granted, I had zero expectations for it and saw it like years after it came right. out. Right. Watch it but again. It it's really, bad. It really wasn't that bad. No. That's not a movie I want to rewatch. Like, that's, I'm not making you. I just was, I thought it would be way worse than it was. Well, Nope is out this weekend. I don't think I can do Nope. I literally of aliens. sitting in the theater before it even came up and said Nope. I <laughs> literally was sitting in the like, theater no, no, shaking no, no, my no, head no, going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think uh, it might end up being really fun because sometimes it's fun to get scared. But yeah, you know how I feel about aliens. You well, know, I got a thing about yeah. them. <sighs> Still haven't seen Top Gun Maverick. No. Kind of don't I don't care. really care. I think when it's free streaming somewhere, yeah, I might watch turn it. it on. But and it will probably be fun. I think everybody's having a good time with it. That's what I've heard. I also don't really care about Top Gun. It was never in my mm. repertoire. I if do- we're talking about Tom Cruise, like, <laughs> it was far and away. Mm. Yes. Which, not a great movie, but love it. as a kid, love it. it's epic. That's a great Epic movie. love story. Like, uh, oh, love, love. Uh, born on the 4th of July, because you know how I feel about yes! that. That that agony milk. Like, let's just have somebody suffer for two hours. <laughs> and it's Tom Cruise, so. And, and yeah, that. it's Tom Cruise. Um, yeah. Ugh. But Top Gun I was never really into. No. Uh, I'm having, I'm really struggling, because I don't like Miles Teller. Like, I don't like him. I don't think he's a good person. I Whoa, but I'm struggling. I watched but he's spectac- a good actor. He's, I watched The Spectacular Now the other day. Which is an okay, like, well done movie about teenagers in love. Yeah, it just looks like schlocky nonsense. It's not schlocky nonsense, but right. it was decent. And I was like, son of a bitch. I also turned on That Awkward Moment. That's Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, and Zach Efron. Mm. I mean, the name sounds familiar. They're but... playing like three guys who, like, Michael B. Jordan's character is getting a divorce and they all agree that they're going to, like, just stay out of a relationship okay but that's their um, support of it right but then um what the fuck is her name i don't know um Uh uh-huh she was in that new show with people josh brolin the british girl uh patoots (laughs) 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 imogen poots poots poots. imogen poots or pants um, I just, for the life of me, do not know how you can keep really that really unfortunate Imogene, Imogene is fine, yeah. but poops. So she's, she plays Zac Efron's love interest, and I remember, there were, I turned it on the other day just because, like, remembering it, and just Miles Teller's just being himself. Like, he's just being his, like, dorky, like, that was, this the spectacular now. It was like, they turned the volume all the way up on Miles Teller at the beginning. It was just like, he's at an 11, and then he slowly fades out, and then they crank it way back up at the end. It's just him. It's just the way that he is. Mm-hmm. So, Whiplash is on the list, and that is... Yeah, I know. That's a good one. 
and he is so good and uh the teacher oh my god yeah i know exactly you're talking about i love him so much and i can't even think of his name I'm too old. I'm I'm really struggling with uh, words and names <laughs> this week. Um, words and names. J.K. Simmons. Yes. Thank you. Yes. J.K. Simmons. Yep. Amazing, amazing, amazing in it. Yep. All right. Well, I don't have much else to say about The Fugitive. I don't hate you for making me watch it, but I'm not like, That's... oh, it's so great. I guess I don't understand why you – I mean, I can understand why you weren't blown away by it, but it doesn't seem like you really – liked it uh, I, it's not that I didn't like it there were parts of it that were enjoyable I just think I and I have respect for the work that went into it but I just don't uh, I just think the the dialogue was so great especially for a movie of the 90s where a lot of times dialogue is rather stilted there was I think a good real. mix there's a good mix of action and intrigue Great characters, really good acting, um, fun little kind of cameos, mm-hmm. so to speak, which they weren't really cameos. They were just people who people hadn't... People we know. Yeah, people who hadn't hit it big yet. Um, I Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I, I loved it. I Like, on a rewatch, it's rare, I think. There are those movies that you loved so much as a kid that when you rewatch them, even if you discover they're actually terrible, you still have such a great time. Like when we watch Vertical Limit. Oh, yeah. Sure. Or like I Speed. Watched, Speed. Yeah. Like same I, thing for I, me. I watched Vertical yeah. Limit and it was like, yeah, no, this is, this is not a good movie. I get that. But I still love it regardless. I think that's what it is. I think if I had seen it back then. But that I don't feel that way about this one. Like I, I rewatched it and yeah, there's some nostalgia attached to it for me. But I literally said to the dog at the end of the movie, that's that movie. was actually a good movie and I was not sure about that going in like because it's you been like, so long since get? right since it's been so long since I've seen it I, I didn't know if it was going to be yeah a speed like movie or something where I, I would watch it and then be like eh, it was, it was all right. I still love speed but I feel like it was still really good so I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you just didn't didn't care for it it's just really unbelievable it's not that I think that's it's unbelievable in the way that most movies are but compared to the vast majority of action and intrigue movies of today, I feel like it's really not that unbelievable. I don't know. I guess we can watch The Gray Man and make that call. Oh, yeah. The Gray. Speaking of, speaking of people looking like normal people, like, let's take Chris Evans. And, but you know what? We want him to be a bad guy. So here's what we'll do. We'll take this beautiful fucking specimen and we'll put a weird mustache on him. Oh, no, no, he's an ugly person. He's ugly like, and he's bad. What the fuck are you doing? Is he really going to be a bad guy? Yeah, he's a bad guy. I like it better when he's a bad guy like how he was in Knives Out. Mm, like, yeah. you kind of don't know. Well, that was a good movie, too. Yeah. Like, that was just a well-done, well-written. Yeah. yeah. I like it when he gets to be kind of a little, like, of a... Uh, a little kind of douche. Like a, yeah, a little douchey, kind of a butthead. He might be like that in The Gray Man. I don't know. I might watch it myself. That's what we need to see. Not another teen movie. Oh, yeah, that's Speaking on your list, Chris, right? Yeah, yeah because I've Chris Evans. not seen it. Although I do know the most iconic scene with him. Oh, my with God. With the whipped cream. I, but. that movie, oh, my God, I love that movie so much. I mean, next week is your pick. It is. I guess we could watch that. I don't know. I've There's a lot to choose from. I mean, now I have on my roster, like, every Harrison Ford movie ever made, with the exception, apparently, of The Witness and Indiana Jones Chronicles. Chronicles. All right. Anything else about The Fugitive? 
Um, no, I, I just think, I think it is actually good and it holds up and it's on HBO right now. And, uh, I think pretty much everybody in the world has seen it, you know, except for you. Uh, but I've seen have. it now. Now you have. But if you haven't seen it, watch it. And if you have seen it long ago, I'm telling you. Have a rewatch. It actually holds up. So yeah, go rewatch it. And if I'm curious to think what you think you're that Tommy Lee to smells think. like. You're curious to think. I'm curious to, th- I'm wondering what everybody thinks Tommy Lee smells like. I don't understand why he that's smells like the deep woods. I think you, like He's got pine? a musk. You think he smells like, like body odor and pine? No, not body odor. Like well, if you're deep in the woods, you probably stink a little. Like aqua velva and pine. Aqua velva and pine. <laughs> not like high karate, and pine. What's high karate? <laughs> like uh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other like, really cheap cologne. Axe body spray. <laughs> He would never. Wouldn't you he be wouldn't be caught so dead. upset if you ever met Tommy Lee Jones and you took a whiff and he smelled like Axe. Oh no, he wouldn't do that. He probably doesn't wear cologne. That guy? Nah. He doesn't need it. No. He doesn't need cologne. Because what do you think? he because he smells like a man. He smells, smells like, like a real man. Like embers and <laughs> brill cream. Dust and embers and dust. <laughs> embers and dust. Like a hint of old, but also like a little bit musty. Not because he's old, but because he's like, uh, <laughs> you know, like when you walk into like a moth room, balls? <laughs> no, like when you walk into a room, like of an old house. Oh yeah, no, I know. And that there's smell. kind of like a little bit of a must, not a yeah. bad musty, yeah, but no, like old kind house of a little smell. bit of old house yeah. smell, I like but that mixed smell. in with maybe the outdoors too. So maybe a little bit of like sandalwood, and maybe some like old book smell. Old book, like old library book. Oh man, if he smelled like old book, I'd fuck him. <laughs> All right, Tommy. That's you different. heard it here first. I think he's married. She will fuck you. The movie virgins. Hey, people. This is Leah. Happy whatever day of the week it is that you happen to be listening. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that one. I think we had fun doing that one. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones, if you are listening, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome to come visit me whenever you like. Um, If you like the music that you've heard on this podcast, you should check out our friend Melissa Powers, um, or you could check out uh, the band that she's in, Sisser. If you're local in St. Louis, they are playing around some cool venues, so you should check that out. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening, and I hope you're having a lovely week. It's fine.